Don't miss ACEC's next private market symposium on the commercial and residential real estate market taking place in Scottsdale, Arizona on March 3rd and 4th. Register today to meet leaders in business, land development, engineering, and construction to network and discuss the hot-button issues surrounding this growing market. What does the post-COVID office market look like? How will growth in the industrial distribution market meet the growing demand for e-commerce? How will demographics shape suburban growth? These questions and more will be covered at the event. Act now, space is limited. Go to acec.org to register. Welcome to the Engineering Influence Podcast presented by the American Council of Engineering Companies and sponsored by the ACEC Retirement Trust. Today, we're talking with Monica Parkin, author of the book, Overcoming Awkward. The book is both a story of how she overcame her natural introversion to become a successful business person and speaker, and a how-to guide for others on how they can overcome their own social awkwardness to succeed in their profession. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be here today. So uh, engineers are are stereotyped uh, either fairly or unfairly as being introverted. Many they they choose to work in this field because it allows them to work on problems on their own or in small groups. And this, you could argue, is sort of like their superpower. So how does introversion play into that? Yeah, and I would agree with you that it is very much an, uh, a superpower in a lot of ways, that ability to just really dig into a problem and to want to solve puzzles. So I think there's two parts to networking, growing relationships. The first part is actually getting out there and starting like the seed of that relationship. And that's where extroverts sort of have an advantage. They, they have that ability to just walk into a crowd, start talking to people super comfortably. But the other 90% of it is just keeping that relationship going. And I think that's where introverts with that attention to detail, that ability to dive really deep into a topic and have those really deep conversations and actually build relationships have an advantage, right? Like they may not right out of the starting gate have that ability to, to start a relationship quickly, but once that relationship is formed, that ability to really sit and be still and listen and pause and then continue it forward, I think is, is something where they really shine at. Yeah, this is, it, this is it's totally a relationship business. Uh, you know, the firms uh, create a relationship with a client and they may hold on to that for, for decades uh, if they're meeting the client's needs. Yeah, yeah. And same, same with uh, my industry, which is mortgage brokering half of my job is solving complex problems, right? Figuring out this little Tetris puzzle almost of, you know, people's finances and how I can get them approved. But the other half of that piece is the relationships with not just the client, but, you know, lenders, appraisers, lawyers, all those other people involved in the process. And it's interesting that when I first um, put the book out and I was asking for some people to be early reviewers, some of the people in my industry that are really, really good at what they do and they knock it out of the park, they didn't want to publicly say, give me a book, but they sent me a message and said, you know what, I'm actually an introvert. I don't want the rest of the world to know this, but I'm an introvert and I'd love to have a copy of the book. So it was interesting to me that some of the people that are really like knocking it out of the park are actually secretly introverts. They just don't want the world to know that because there's this perception that introverts can't thrive in a sales role, but they were clearly clearly doing a wonderful job already that's interesting maybe there are lots of introverts walking around we just don't know it 
So. Yeah, all disguised as, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure in your business as well, I mean, in engineering firm, to, to, move a, to move up the ladder within a firm, though, you have to initiate relationships. You have to be somewhat of a rainmaker. And um, do you think for within within any company that the, the are the rainmakers extroverts who just happen to get into engineering in this case, or are they like you, you mentioned in your in your your business introverts who um, have learned to become rainmakers? I think it's a bit of both. You know, one of the things I kind of talk about in the book is that whole hunter versus farmer philosophy, right? So the hunter is the one that's just going to go out and get the deals and get them done today. And initially they do really well, but long-term they kind of start to flounder because they're not continuing that relationship. Whereas the farmers go out and they plant these little seeds. And so I think you've got two things going on, right? You've got those people that initially get that big burst of enthusiasm and whether or not they continue it, you know, is, is another variable. And then you've got the people that build relationships, but they build them one at a time. So instead of going to an event, meeting a hundred people and trying to jumpstart a hundred relationships, they're just going out in their community and one little relationship at a time, they're building their network and it might take them longer, but over a long period of time, they're kind of planting those little seeds of relationships and then nurturing them. And I think that they can do just as well as, as the other people. They're just, it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare, right? They're just starting off more slowly, but over time, they're going to get that momentum if they, if they nurture those relationships. And that doesn't necessarily even have to be a conscious act. You could just be meeting people in your neighborhood or your community and slowly building a network without even realizing it. Exactly. And that's, I think, how the best relationship builders do build networks and build relationships is, you know, maybe you're volunteering at your kid's hockey game, maybe you're sitting on the parent advisory committee, whatever your passion is, whatever that thing that gets you excited, go spend time and volunteer and get involved in your community. Because a people get to see you and in an intimate small group where you're comfortable, right, if I'm sitting on a committee with three other parents, and we're solving problems together, they get to see that I have those problem solving skills. And then I come to mind when they actually need the business without me actually asking for the business, it just becomes this natural organic kind of relationship. Yeah, going into the book, uh, you start off, it was a great story about how you, um, how you, you, you got into mortgage banking without realizing that there was the people, the people part of, of mortgage banking, and and you um and you basically said I'm going to give myself a month to 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 figure out how to do this. Do you want yeah. to take people through that? Yeah. So I uh, when when I actually had a mortgage broker, she lived somewhere far away from me, so I'd only talked to her by email, and I hadn't even talked to her on the phone. We did everything digitally. So I had this idea that that's what mortgage brokers do, and as an introvert, I thought perfect career for me. I will sit home. I don't have to deal with people you know, and so I get hired by a firm and I get there and they're like, okay, what are you going to do to network? And I was like, what, what? Like that's, uh, I didn't get the memo about the networking thing. I thought I was just going to sit in my office and you were going to bring customers to me. And so like, I literally almost quit that day. My anxiety level was so high, but because I had so much vested into this financially and with my time, I thought, you know what, I have to have to try this. And so that's what I did. Like you said, I said to myself, you know, I'll give myself a month. I'll try this. If I hate it, okay, I quit, but I have to give myself a month. And so I kind of did that old fake it till you make it thing, right? I, I wake up in the morning and say, you like people, you like meeting people, you're going to enjoy this, even though it wasn't true. If you tell yourself a lie enough times, 
you start to believe it. So I would go out into my day with this mindset that I'm really going to enjoy meeting people. And then at the end of the day, I would look for evidence that that worked for me, right? So the first day it was just at the grocery store where normally I wouldn't ever talk to someone, not even the cashier, like, and don't talk to me, by the way. Um, I made an effort to say, oh, hey, you've got something in your cart. You know, what is that kind of thing? And then something good found came out of that. I found out it was on sale. So at the end of the day, when I was looking for evidence, it was, I talked to someone, I got an item on sale that worked out in my favor. And then every day I looked for little bits of evidence. And as I did it more, I felt more comfortable with it. As I felt more comfortable with it, I enjoyed it more. As I enjoyed it more, I wanted to do it more. Kind of, you know, like the example I give in the book is when I first started drinking coffee, I, I just hated the taste of it, but I knew it would give me a bit of energy. So I kept doing it. By the end of the week, I'm like, I love coffee. So I'm still an introvert, but I do actually enjoy connecting with people now in a way that I didn't before. That seems kind of a, 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 an oxymoron, exemplary, that like that you can be an introvert and enjoy people you just need it in the right balance exactly yeah and I actually really look forward to those connections now but I I connect people in my own way like I still am not likely the person that goes to an event with 5,000 people you know a giant conference and walks around shaking hands but I am the person that will go out in my community that will volunteer that will talk to even and social media is a place where I happen to be more comfortable so I will send someone a little text or I'll share their post or I'll leave them a review like all those little things you you do add up over time and and you want to be the person that other people if you're the person that notices people those people will notice you also so I try to just make a point of of noticing other people and that kind of builds that reciprocity and starts a relationship and and you make the point that it it's that um and this sort of resonated with me was that, that you you don't go out there to make to 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 build your business you go out there to build personal relationships and your business profits from that rather than the other way around exactly if i go out there wanting to talk to people thinking what can they do for me what can i sell them like the doors close before I even get there. Like people smell that, they see that, they feel it, they know what you're doing. If I just go out there with an attitude of how can I help? How can I grow your business? What can I do for you? Who can I connect you to? Then it just flows from that. Like good stuff comes back to me uh, when I when I approach it with an attitude of, you know, how can I be of service really to other people? How can I help them grow? And also you made the, you made the point about being, being a person, becoming a, you know, humanizing yourself in their view, like uh, you told the story about, you know, being the crazy goat lady. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, or the, the the woman who was looking for her dog. And in both instances, those very personal things turn around and, and create uh, business relationships. Yeah, I guess it's that willingness to be authentic, right? Um, when I first started out, I very much wanted to follow that banker model. I only posted banking information and financial information. I looked perfect and I acted perfect and I was this shiny, glossy package. But no one really cares about that. When I started to actually be authentic me, like little quirky, weird me, the person that I've really never shown anyone and showed myself out in the barn cleaning out the goat pens or or whatever, all of a sudden people connected with that. Like when I got a little bit vulnerable, that gives other people the safety to also be a little bit vulnerable and to know that I'm not this intimidating person and it makes me more approachable, more authentic. Yeah, and I think with a mortgage banker, people are sort of can be intimidated. Same same with engineers, really. I mean, they're, you know, 
highly respected professions. It's yeah. Although I have to say, like this is totally a sidebar here, but as a as a banker, engineers are our favorite clients because they're so organized. They have such great communication skills. Like they maybe maybe a lot of them there's a stereotype that they're introverts and maybe they are, but you know, when I ask for a document from an engineer, I get exactly what I asked for in the format I asked for in the timeline that I asked for. And sometimes with a spreadsheet with everything already done for me, like it's just when, when I get a call from an engineer saying they need a mortgage, I'm like, yes, I can help you today. I don't care how busy I am. This can, transaction is going to go so smoothly. And it's just a, it's just a pleasure to deal with people that are that organized. And that's a superpower in itself, right? Yeah. When you're dealing with other people, they know when they're talking to you that, that, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great uh, experience for them. Yeah, no, that's, uh, th th that fits their stereotype fairly, I think. So, uh, and there was one area where in, in your book where I sort of had a difficulty sort of making the connection. It was, yeah, it, it's around authenticity. Um, you yeah. know, you, 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 you say that, uh, you know, if a person is authentically an introvert, um, but then you also say, and I'm going to quote here, yeah. you don't have to become something to act as if you have already. So is, is the message there that introverts have that social ability in them and they just don't know it? Or what, what, what are you saying there? Yeah, I think it's that whole kind of, like I said in the beginning, where I kind of told myself a lie and then made it a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? So as maybe as an introvert, you're not super social, you're nervous, you're scared of these situations. And it's okay to feel that way, but it's also okay to tell yourself, you know what, I, I can do this and it's going to be okay. And then watch and see what happens. Um, but I know what you're saying. There's this, on one hand, you're saying be authentic. And on the other hand, I'm saying fake it till you make it right. And I think it just becomes sort of a hybrid of, of a little bit of each. That, that you faking can, how you, you feel, but not it. faking who you are. Apologize mm -hmm. for interrupting, right? So faking your inner feeling about it and projecting confidence when you don't feel it, but not being someone you're not, still being you at your core. And I guess uh, it goes back to another uh, quote that you had, which let me see if I can find it here. Cells that fire together, wire together. If, if you do fake it long enough, you become that. Exactly, yeah. And it, for me, I feel like I actually learned to speak another language, you know, like I know we talk about sometimes, um, sometimes the language that my kids use is neurotypical or neurodivergent, they say I'm a little bit neurodivergent. And, and that's a little bit different language than a neurotypical, like maybe an extrovert or someone else might use. So I didn't always understand the body language, like how long am I supposed to make eye contact? Where do I put my hand? When do I mingle? When I'm mingling? How long do I wait till I move on to the next person? That was a language that I didn't understand. But when I spent enough time around those people, just like a kid in French immersion, I start to pick up that language. So it's not my first language, it's my second language, but I've picked it up and I now feel comfortable with it, even though it's not like how I think in my head, it's I can act my way through it. I, I like that language uh, analogy. I think that works really well because that, that, that is you, you do, you do just need to immerse yourself and then you, 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 you can learn a language. Yeah. You mentioned social media, and I would say that I would think that um, in in this digital age we're in right now, it's it's both easier to be an introvert, but also um, maybe not to be. I mean, it's easier because you can, as you say, you can uh, just use um, the uh, the various uh, 
you know, so, social media, you can use email to contact with people. Um, I would think that, um, you know, the online groups, uh, Facebook and such like that would be an opportunity where you could sort of like dip your toe in and not have to go full, full force. Yeah. And that's really where I did dip my toes in initially, right? It's, it's, that's where I sort of started to, you know, initially I went to an event, freaked myself out and came home, but I didn't go back out to an event until I actually got more comfortable. And where I got more comfortable was social media, whether it's an online mastermind group where you're just with a small group of people and you can get to know them, or whether it's just like, for me, it was just sharing little pieces of my life and my authentic self and, and then people just reaching out to me. But it, it's a very safe way to start to grow your network with something as simple as, you know, leaving a review for another business uh, or just checking in with someone and saying, you know, hey, you do this. I have a client that might be a good fit for. Uh, do you want me to pass on their information? Super safe way to just dip your toes just a little bit out of your comfort zone. And the reach is so big, like, like I now do speaking engagements in, you know, Scotland or South Africa or, or Asia, I would have never been able to do that without these virtual tools. Uh, so my reach has expanded my network, my relationships have expanded um, virtually in a way that I could never do if I tried to reach out to all those people in person. I mean, I'd mean, I need a 1000 plane tickets to do that in so many hours. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing you mentioned in the book was about um uh to to when you're doing uh, social media to do it consistently like you said do it at least twice a week it at first was that like a challenge or was that something that just sort of was that simple to just say i'm going to do this now no it was a challenge and it was very hit and miss and it took a while for me to realize that i needed to have that consistency because in the beginning i'd maybe do once a month and then i do it every day for five days and then i'd take a break and i noticed at the times when i would consistently post like twice a week three times a week that was where those sort of relationships started to happen because the first time you comment on someone's post or you talk to them they just kind of notice it and they're like oh that's interesting and then you know, maybe a week later, you see something they're doing, and you comment again. And then, you know, the third time, they actually will reach out to you, because now they've kind of noticed that you've noticed them. And it's, it's just, it just takes a bit of repetition, um, like with probably most things in life to kind of build on that. And then the other example I use is like the 90-10 ratio, right? Like 90% you, 10% business. Because if you're just spamming someone with business content, business content, business content, they're just going to shut it off. Like they don't want to hear it anymore. Um, so I say 90% you and then 10% business content. It's kind of like the cake and the icing. So you're the cake. 10% is the icing. Because even if someone was out shopping for an icing cake, they love icing, they, they have a thing about icing. If you just give them a big slab of icing, they're going to be like, whoa, that's too much icing. I don't want that. Um, but if you give them the cake with that little bit of icing, which is you with a little bit of business, then it becomes palpable. Yeah, no, I, I would say, I, from my own experience, I would say that's completely true. Yes. I liked another thing you said, which was a uh, was that the clients come to you or, or new clients come to you and they feel like they already know you, even though you've never met because you, they, they know you from social media. Yeah, that's a, it's a crazy phenomenon, right? And, and I think largely that's the power of video or audio. Like they've heard your voice, they've, they've heard you talk about your ideas, they, 
seeing you share things. Yeah. And then they walk in your office and they're like, oh yeah, how's your goat doing this week? Or, you know, how did your kids do in that game? It's like that you've already got this connection. You don't know them, but they know you. And so it's, it's a warm um, relationship before you've even started. It's, 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 it's uh, on a, in an earlier age, it would be similar to a, just a recommendation from, from a neighbor about uh, this is the person you want to talk to. And exactly. This is sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of that social proof that we used to get from a friend or a neighbor or a colleague. And now instead of waiting for a friend to refer you because they know you, they feel like they do already know you because, you know, your personality, your values, your life has already sort of been previewed for them on social media. You've, on that, you, in fact, you've, you, 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 you uh, had this quote earlier in our conversation, and I, I wrote here that you repeated it three times in the book. It was people notice people who notice them. I think that's, that's very powerful. I think that's, I mean, we all want to be noticed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just stumbled across that again by accident because I was, I just had some free time and I was starting to notice what other people were doing and, and maybe leave someone a review or like, I think, I don't know if I gave the example in the book, but this food truck one day, it's just phenomenal in our town. And I got this amazing meal from them and I went home and I posted this great review and I shared it you know, and a week later, I went back there. And he's like, Hey, thanks for that review. Like it really impacted my business, it made a difference. And I'm like, Oh, for sure. It's great food. And then what I didn't realize is like six months or a year later, I get a phone call. And it's from like the guy's friend or his daughter saying, you know, my friend owns this food truck, they said, you're awesome, I should come see you. Like, like, it's the most weirdest route that it took to get to me. But it ultimately came from me noticing someone and them noticing that I had noticed them, just like right. you said, right? And and totally authentically, you weren't you weren't doing it to create business. You were just being being kind. I just thought they made a really awesome burger, right? Yeah, but yeah. but it had value for their business that I didn't recognize it had. And so that was the first time that I kind of realized the power of of actually noticing people and elevating their business and how that really flows back to you. Maybe not that day or that week or the next week, but eventually it will flow back to you. Uh, not that you do it with the expectation that it will, but nine times out of 10, eventually it, it finds its way back to you like that little boomerang, I guess. Yeah, well, that's probably a good place to end. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, fully reading the book before our interview and coming up with some great questions and uh, just really happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to chat and uh, look forward to hearing the podcast later. And this has been the Engineering Influence Podcast presented by ACEC and sponsored by the ACC Retirement Trust. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.